Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today, we are going to continue our study of the book of Ezra. We are going to do chapter 2 today. In chapter 1, we read about how King Cyrus was aroused by the Spirit of God to fulfill the prophecy, the prophecy made by Jeremiah that after 70 years, <coughs> the Jewish people were going to return to their land and rebuild the temple. And of note, I pointed out in the last uh, podcast several times where there were various parallels and also various significant differences between this return to the land of Israel and Exodus, so to speak, from Persia slash Babylon and the Exodus in Egypt, uh, which when the uh, Jewish people left Egypt on their way to the land of Israel the first time around back in the book of Exodus. Um, I'm going to point out again in this chapter similar things, some things that are obviously different and some things that are clearly meant to remind us of the previous Exodus. In chapter 2, we're, it's, it's very long um, and not very exciting, uh, similar to what we find, for example, in the book of Numbers and, and in other places throughout the five books of Moses. The, in, throughout the Chumash where it enumerates families names of families and numbers of people and so on we're going to have to plow our way through that this time I apologize if it doesn't seem that exciting but the general overall effect of comparing the people returning from the exodus in Persia to Jerusalem and comparing that to the exodus from Egypt I think what the overall effect is what's important here. So ve'ela b'nei ha-Medina, and these are the people of the Medina, the people of the province. Ha'olim, who are going up from Mishavi Hagola. And I'm going to read, what does it mean, the people of the province? If you remember in the last chapter, Koresh, Cyrus said, um, I, the people that are, are allowed to go back to Jerusalem are those that are people from Judea can go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. So those people of the province, and I'm learning this like Rashi, referred to the Jewish people who originally come from the lands of Judea, even though they've been living in Persia now and slash Babylon for several, probably about three or maybe four generations. But they are still considered the Bnei HaMedina and we'll see soon why they're still considered people of Judea even though they've already been living several generations in exile. Mishavi HaGola, the people that are coming from the captives of the exile, Asher Hegla Nebuchadnezzar Melech Babel which the uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, exiled them to Babylon. Vayashuvu Yerushalayim these are the ones, I'm going to list them, the ones that are now have returned to Jerusalem, the Yehuda and to Yehuda, each, each person to his city. One of the glaring points here from this verse is the people are called the people of the Medina. Medina reminds us one of a sovereign state of sorts, an actual like uh, political entity of some sort is a Medina. So while Koresh, Cyrus, was delivered his decree, he emphasized going back to rebuild the temple. He didn't emphasize resettle the land, and clearly he knew that if they were going back to the temple, they were going to be resettling the land. But his emphasis was on rebuilding the temple of God. 
his point probably most likely was because he wanted to um, gain favor in the eyes of God. He was always out to make sure he was good in all the eyes of all the various gods around. And this was the Elohei Hashomayim, the God of the heavens, so must be the most powerful one of them. So he wanted to make sure that his temple would be built so Cyrus should be able to be even more powerful because now he's got his favor with God himself, or God of heaven, according to Cyrus. The people were thinking of themselves more as the Bnei Hamadina. They wanted to go by Yeshuvelu each person to their cities. They weren't thinking about, yeah, the temple was on their minds as well, but they were primarily thinking about becoming Judeans again and reestablishing their independence. At least the people were. The leadership will get a little bit better idea as we go through this. Asher ba'u im Zerubavel. And the people came with their leaders. And who were their leaders? Zerubavel, as we know from, we've already studied this in Chagaz Chariah Malachi. Zerubavel was the political leader of the return, the returnees. He became the governor or the uh, the pachat, as we, as we learned in, in, in previous um, podcasts. He was a descendant, either a son or a grandson, most likely a grandson of Yehoiachin, uh, the king who had been exiled from Judah. So he was in direct line to be the king, but he wasn't coming back as a king. He was coming back as a governor, and he was the leader. And we learned that he was the only person who was actually, a prophet actually said about him that he was the, or at least had the potential to be the Mashiach, the Messiah. Unfortunately, that didn't work out that way. Who else were the leadership? The leadership also uh, included other people by the names of Yeshua. Yeshua is most likely Yehoshua ben Yehotzadak. He is the Kohen Gadol, the high priest who came up. We mentioned him several times. Nehemiah, who we also know, we're going to learn the book of Nehemiah after we complete the book of Ezra, another important leader. And some other leaders are maybe a little bit less famous, but also important. Siraya, Re'eloya, and Mordechai. Mordechai, of course, makes us think immediately of the famous Mordechai from the book of Esther, the leader of the Jews of Persia in that time. Was this the same Mordechai that also returned with Ezra to Israel, the Chazal? The tradition is that it was, that it was the same Mordechai. There are many problems with that tradition because the uh, chronology doesn't quite work out. If one looks at Ahasuerus, his reign, was several generations, was several years, probably somewhere around two generations after the Jews had already returned and built the second Beit HaMikdash. But the center of Judaism still remained in Shushan in Persia because most of the Jews did not actually return. So Mordechai's life would have been much farther down the road after Zerubbabel returned with the returnees to Jerusalem. However, um, tradition has it that this is the same Mordechai, and um, you can decide which way you want to go. Bilshan, another person named Bilshan, Mispar, Begevai, Rechum, Ba'ana, these are all main names of people, Mispar, Anshei, Am Yisrael. These are, now these words, Mispar, these are the um, the numbers of the people of the nation. So the people came with these leaders, as we mentioned, and now we're about to count out the men, the people of Israel that came along. Now, there's going to be a lot of verses here. I'm going to translate them. I'm, I apologize if it's not super exciting, 
There might be a few comments we'll make here and there, but it's going to list a whole bunch of families and the numbers. B'nai Parosh, the people of the family of Parosh, Alpayim Meyashiv Mushnayim, 2,172. B'nai Shefatia, the Shefatia family, Shlosh Meyot Shiv Mushnayim, 372. B'nai Orach, the Orach family, Shva Meyot Chamishim Vishivim, 775. B'nai Pachat Moav, the people of the family Pachat Moab, which literally means the governors of Moab, Livnei Yeshua, there were several um, uh, uh, branches of this family. One was Yeshua, the other was Yoav. But between those two families, Alpayim Shmona Meyotu Shnei you have 2,812. B'nei Elam, the Elam family, Elef, Masayim Chamishim Yarbo, that's 1,254. B'nei Zatu, Tisha Meyot Yarbo Yemachamisha, the sons of the Zatu family, 945. B'nei Zakoi, Shvamiot Vishishim, the Zakoi family, 760. B'nei Voni, the Voni family, Sheshmiot Yarbo Yemushnaim, 642. B'nei Beivoi, the Beivoi family, Sheish Meot Esrimush Losha, that's 623. Bene Azgod, Elef Masayim Esrimush Noim, 1222. Bene Adonikom, Sheish Meot Shishimushisha, 666. Bene Vigvoi, the Vigvoi family, Alpayim Chamishimushisha, that's 2056. Bene Odin, the Odin family, Arbamiot Chamishimiyarboa, 454. Bene Oter, the Chizkia, the sons of Oter, and the Oter family, one of their forefathers' name was Yechizkia. Tishimushmona, 98. Vene Veitsoi, the Veitsoi family, Shlosh Meotesimushlosha, 323. Vene Yorah, the Yorah family, Meosh, Ne Masar, 112. Vene Choshum, the family, Matayamesimushlosha, that's 223. Vene Gibor, Tishim the Gibor family, 95. Vene Veislochem, the people from the place called Bethlehem, Beit Lachem, Me'a Esrim Ushlosha, that's 123. We note that in some cases, these are names of places, and in some cases, these are names of families. Anshei Nitofa, this is another place name. The people that came from the town of Nitofa, Chamishim Mishisha, is 56. I would like to point out, this is important, that these people have been living outside of the land of Israel for several generations, but they still maintain where they came from. It reminds me to some degree of how nowadays in America some communities still call themselves by the names of the towns in Europe where they came from. Over time, though, that kind of starts to melt away and we begin to take on the place names of where we live. However, in the Persian exile, these families still maintained their attachment to the town in Judea, in Israel, where they came from. So the people of Netofa, we just said 56, Anshea Anatot, the people from Anatot, that's famous, that is the town where the prophet Jeremiah was from. Mea Esrimushmona, 128 people, Bnei Azmovet, people from his place called Azmovet, Arboimushnoim is 42. Bnei Kiryat Orim, which is probably the same place as what we call nowadays and find in other places in Tanakh, Kiryat Iarim. Kefira Uveirot, and there are also places that were nearby called Kefira and Beirot, Shavamiot, Darbo Imushlosha, 743. Bnei Harama, the people from Rama, another place, Vigava, and another place nearby called Gava, Sheishmiot, Esrim Echad, 621. Ashei Mechmosme, Ashrim Ushnaim is 122. Ashrim Echad, these are famous cities. They show up in the early prophets many times, Beit El and Oi. 
The people from the other city called Elam, because we mentioned before one city called Elam, there was another city called the other Elam. Elef Masayim Chamishim Yarbaa, you have 1,254. Bnei Chorim, Shalosh Tzvi Yatsrim, 320. Bnei Lod, the town called Lod, which is famous nowadays. The city of Lod is where uh, in Israel's international airport, Ben Gurion, is located. Chadid Ono, other two towns that are known, Chadid and Ono, which is a modern day, there is a town called Ono again. Shvam Meotesim Chamisha, 725. Bnei Recho, the people from the town of Jericho, which is a famous town as well, Shlosh Miyatar Bohim Bachamisha, 345, Sina'a, Shlosh Etal people from the place called Sina'a, 3,630. Now, those were the non priests, but then we're going to list the priests, Hakoanim, of the Kohanim, who were particularly careful in maintaining their lineage and family connections. B'nai Yedayah, the people that were descendants of the priest called Yedayah, Levet Yoshua, those that were in the family, a branch of the Yedayah family known as the branch of Yeshua, Yeshua being most likely Yehoshua ben Yehud Sadak, the one who was the Kohen Gadol. So this is the first family mentioned and of course a very prominent family. Tishameyot Shavimushlosha, there's 973 Kohanim from that family that returned. Bnei Imer, Elef Hamishimushnoim, another family of priests, 1,052. Bnei Pashchur, those that were the sons of Pashchur, Elef Mosayimar Bim Bishivah, 1,247. Bnei Chorim, Elef Bishivah Asar, 1,017. And then there were Halavim, the Levites, Bnei Yeshua, those that were sons of Yeshua, most likely a different person with the same name, Vikadmiel, and another one named Kadmiel, Levnei Hodavaya, those that were, I'm sorry, Hodavia, those that were the, the of the branch of that family that descended from someone named Hodavia, Shivim Yarba 74, Hamishorim, of those that were the singers of the Levites. We know that one of the jobs of the Levites was to sing in the temple, to sing and to play music. Bnei Asaf, those that were descendants of Asaf. We know Asaf. We have many uh, psalms which, uh, which are, are written, fi, written by, sung for the children of Asaf, or sung by them. Uh, the descendants of Korach, of biblical fame, or biblical not such good fame, but uh, Bnei Asaf, who was, who was known for better reasons, Me'ah Esri Mishmona 128. Bnei Hashoarim, the other job that the Levites had was to take, to the, be the guardians of the gates, to open and close and lock and so on the gates, which was quite an honor. Bnei Shalom, those that came from the families of Shalom, Bnei Oter, the families of Oter, Bnei Talmon, Bnei Akub, Bnei Chatita, Bnei Shavoy, these are other names of families. But altogether, they added up to Me'ah Shloshim Vitisha, 139 people. And then there was others that had the job of supplying the Beit Hamikdash, the temple, with, with wood and water and so on. And these were descendants of the Netinim or the Givonim from uh, early biblical days, that they had uh, tricked, um, they had posed as, um, uh, uh, and 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 they ended up becoming. Uh, 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 Geirim, they ended up becoming converts to the Jewish people and they were given this job. 
So the Netinim, B'nai Tzicha, B'nai Chasufa, B'nai Tabaos, they were of those three families. Others' families, B'nai Keros, B'nai Siha, Siaha, B'nai Fadon, B'nai Levano, B'nai Chagavo, B'nai Akuv, B'nai Chagov, B'nai Shalmai, B'nai Chanon, B'nai Gidel, B'nai Gachar, B'nai Ro'aya. Sorry, there's a lot of names. B'nai Ritzin, B'nai Nikoda, B'nai Gazom, B'nai Uzo, B'nai Faseach, B'nai Vesoi, B'nai Asno, B'nai Meunim, B'nai Nefusim, B'nai Vakpuk, B'nai Chakufo, B'nai Charchor, B'nai Vatslut, B'nai Mechida, B'nai Chasho, B'nai Varkos, B'nai Sisra, B'nai Tomach, B'nai Netziach, B'nai Chatifa. All of these were names of families of Netinim that also returned with, um, with Zerubavel and the other leaders that we mentioned. Another group of Nisinim were the Bnei Avdei Shlomo. You're up to verse 55. The children of the servants of Solomon, of King Solomon. And their names were as follows. Bnei Sotai, Bnei Hasoferes, Bnei Firuda, Bnei Yalo, Bnei Darkon, Bnei Gidel, Bnei Shefatyo, Bnei Chatil, Bnei Pocheres, Hatzevoyim, Bnei Omi. Kol HaNisinim, all of these Nisinim, all of these servants of the Beit HaMikdash, of Bnei Avdei Shlomo, and the descendants of the servants of Shlomo added up to the following there are so many families you'd expect it to be a larger number but the actual number of all of the above is 392 and the following are the people that came from a place called Tel Melach which means the mound of salt literally uh, which must have been a place where there were mounds of salt maybe it's referring to the area near where we know Sodom uh, Sodom is today near the salt, uh, the Amamelach, the Dead Sea. Maybe not. Maybe it's some other place. Tel Charsha, the the plowed mound, must have been a mound upon which uh, they had crops or something. Kruv Adon Imer. They came from these places, but But they were not able lahagid beit avotam mizaram in Yisrael heim. But they could not. Uh, demonstrate with proof that they actually descended from the people of Judea. Now, why is this important? We're going to get back to this as we go through Ezra, but it was very important to the people to maintain their lineage and maintain where they came from. We're going to have to have a discussion at some point why this is important. And during while we read Ezra, while we read Nehemiah, is this something that the people themselves were being so careful with? Is this something that God wanted them to be careful with? But these were people that were part of the Jewish people, but they just did not know exactly where they came from. But they joined the party. They also came back uh, and returned with the rest of the Jewish people. Bnei Deloya, Bnei Tovia, Bnei Nekoda. These included these families, Sheish Meot Chamishim Mushnayim, which totaled 652 people. And from the people that descended from the Kohanim, Bnei Chavaya, Bnei Hakotz, that these were called the descendants of Barzilai because their ancestors had, man- had, had, um, had married a descendant, um, had married the daughter of Barzilai Hagiladi. Um, and his name was Barzilai, and therefore this family was called the descendants of Barzilai. These people, they were looking for some kind of documentation that would prove their actual yichos, meaning their lineage, their, their, um, their uh, um, genealogy, so to speak. 
but they could not find the documentation. They could not find in the Persian archives their, gift, their birth certificates and marriage certificates and so on. And there, even though they claimed to be of priestly lineage, they were therefore rejected from being considered legitimate koan and legitimate priests. And then Hatir Shosa said to them, the uh, tradition has the um, uh, Hatir Shosa identified as Nechemia, as the same, of, as Nechem, same person as Nechemia. He said, Therefore, Asher lo yochlu mi kodashim, that they cannot eat from the holy Kodesh HaKodashim, from the Karbonot, from the portions that were designated for a coin specifically, ad amod kohen l'urim vutumim, until a high priest will be appointed with the Urim Vitumim. The Urim Vitumim was, as we know, um, located in, within the Choshen, the breastplate that the high priest wore. And at least in the times of the first temple, the first Beit HaMikdash, one could ask the Urim Vitumim questions and the Choshen, the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol, would answer those questions through the Spirit of God Himself. Now, when that would, were to happen, Nehemiah says that we will then be able to ask, are these Kohanim, are these priests for real? Is their lineage correct or not? Kol HaKohol Ki Echad, the entire congregation all together added up to Arbari Bo, Alpayim Shlosh Miyot 42,360. This is the entire population that came. Now remember, the entire population that left Egypt and entered the land was 600,000. So here we went through this entire listing and note that number one, the only tribes that are represented here are Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites. That's it. All the other tribes are unfortunately gone. Then, um, and that's it. We also had Milvad. This is besides... An, uh, Avdehem, their servants, Fiam Hosehem, and their female servants, Ela. Um, these were, in other words, these were besides them, and uh, which were a total of Shivat Alafim Shloshmiot Shloshim which is 7,337 of the servants that came along. Vilohem, and among them, Mishorerim um Mishorerot um There were also 200 singers, men, female, and female singers. Um, that also came and sang and entertained and, and rejoiced and helped the people rejoice on their return to the land of Judah. Susehem, they came with a lot of horses as well. Shva Meot Shloshim Meshisha, 736. Pirdehem, mules, Masayim Arbim Chamisha, 245. Gmalihem, camels, Arba Meot Shloshim Mechamisha, 435. Chamorim, however, donkeys were much, much more. Sheshet alafim shvamayot v'yashrim. They had 6,720. Many more donkeys than the other beasts of burden. And from the heads of the families, when they came to the place, the location of the house of God, the temple, which was in Jerusalem, they, they, um, gave to, they, they promised and they donated to the house of God, those things that were necessary to, um, to reestablish and rebuild 
the house of God upon its foundation. So apparently the ruins from the Babylonian destruction were still there and the foundation of the, of the Beit HaMikdash was still present and they used the old foundation in order to build the new building on top of it. It's going to happen soon, but when they arrived, this is the first thing they did was they made that promise and donated some of their wealth um, in order to make sure this would happen. Verse 69, According to their means, some were more wealthy, some had more means, some had less wealth, some had less means. But according to their means, they gave to the treasury, which was uh, the treasury which was set aside to be in charge of financing the work. Zahav, they gave a gold, Darkimonim, um, that's uh, the uh, Persian coin, that's uh, uh, gold drachmas, Sheish Ribaos Ve'elef, that's 60,000, I'm sorry, 6,000, um, 100, or Sheish Ribaos Ve'chesef Monim, and silver Maneh, which is another coin, Chamesh's Alephim, 5,000, Ve'kosnos Kohanimea, and they gave robes, like, uh, very valuable robes for the priests to wear. They donated a hundred of them. So now, the, the, the priests and the Levites and some of the nation settled down there. Presumably they settled down. Um, uh, we'll see where in a second. And some of the singers, and the ones that were in charge of the gates, and the Nitinim. Those were the servants of the Beit HaMikdash, B'arehem. They settled down in their cities, B'chol Yisrael, B'arehem, and the entire people of Israel, meaning all of those that returned, settled in their cities. Interestingly enough, they went to their cities to settle down. They left Jerusalem long before the temple was built. So again, uh, what I emphasized in the beginning of this podcast, they focused more on resettling the towns where they came from than they focused on the rebuilding of the temple. Um, but they did focus on building the temple too, as we see the donations and the treasury was set up and the money was donated. And hopefully soon that work is going to begin. We're going to see very soon um, the beginning of the building of the Beit HaMikdash, which is going to start in chapter 3. Looking forward to studying chapter 3 together and the, of course the entire book of Ezra.